0: Come with me as we dive into some of the most intimate diaries a person could share. My mission is to inspire you to push through during the toughest of times, too. Thank you for being here. This is Push Diaries Podcast, and I'm your host, Tess. Any second now, we'll be starting. Hi Tess. Hi Eileen. How are you doing today?
1: I'm good, thank you.
0: Good. Well, hey, thank you for jumping on the call with me today real quick. I know you are a busy woman. Are you <laughs> Yeah, are you in the middle of matching any dogs right now?
1: No, we haven't started that. We just had uh last Saturday 14 puppies that we placed.
0: Oh with foster
1: home trainers, so we're kind of recouping from that. So. Yes,
0: it's like being a new mom times 14. I bet it's been a little wild. <laughs>
1: right, right.
0: Okay, well, hey, if you don't mind just giving a quick, short little intro of who you are with Helping Paws, that would be awesome, and then I'll start throwing questions at you.
1: Okay, that sounds great. So my name is Eileen Bone. I'm the Director of Programs at Helping Paws and Helping Paws' mission is to further people's independence and quality of life through the use of assistance dogs.
0: Awesome. Can you give a little history of Helping Paws and how you got involved with it?
1: Well, I'm fortunate enough to be one of the co-founders of Helping Paws, and we began in 1985 as a pilot project of the University of Minnesota's Center for the Study of Human-Animal Relationships and environment. SenShare, and so we got to start through SenShare, and then incorporated as a as a nonprofit in 1988.
0: Okay, yeah, it's amazing. Now, were you a student at the U of M or an instructor? Like, how did you hear about all of this and finding the right people to co find this dream with you? Uh,
1: you know what? It actually happened. The the thought of starting Helping Paws was a discussion with one of my mentors, who was Ruth Foster. Ruth Foster, along with Dr. R.K. Anderson, both were working at Senshare, volunteering there. He was the um, director emeritus of it, and Ruth volunteered there. I worked with Ruth at Twin City Obedience Training Club in training dogs for the general public. And so I had approached Ruth about, you know, there, is there a program in Minnesota like Canine Companions for Independence? That was the only program in the country at that time. And so we talked about it, and then it just was an idea of became something that really happened.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's just absolutely incredible. And I'm sure, too, with being at the U of M, you were able to really reach a large amount of people pretty quickly that had many different versatile abilities and interests. And as you and I both know, that can only make an organization like this even better. So very, very, very cool. So you've been with Helping Paws for over, oh my gosh, if I'm doing the math right, 35 (laughs) years or is it 40, 45? I don't mean to date you, but you are the (laughs) professional here, Eileen.
1: Around 35. We'll hold off on the 45. (laughs) Right? Well, that's
0: just so cool. I just, you know, I remember meeting you and Sue and Maureen and I was just blown away at how invested you ladies truly were because You know, there are businesses and organizations out there that just don't have the type of commitment and dedication that you guys all do. And as you know, you couldn't do any of this without your wonderful foster homes. And so if there are any listeners out there tuning in today that are interested in donations or program support of any kind, do you want to just give a little blurb about what people can do and kind of who you're looking for?
1: Well, Helping Paws is reliant on volunteers. We could not meet our mission without volunteers. And our largest need is always for foster home trainers. And those are the people that take the dogs into training and commit to two and a half years of attending weekly training classes with those puppies at our Helping Paws location in Hopkins, Minnesota. So that's our always our greatest need organizations always need volunteers to help with events and you know day-to-day operations at times it's a little different right now with covid things aren't operating just as normal.
0: Sure. Yes. Well, that's very understandable. And then do you mind just talking a little bit? I know the listeners and the people that know me know that I have a disability and know that Macy is a huge part of my life, being able to be independent, as you spoke about. Can you talk just a little bit about veterans and how you guys have been able to help them, too?
1: Okay. You know, when Helping Paws began, our focus was on Assisting individuals with physical disabilities like MS, CP, spinal cord injuries. And, you know, at that time, that was actually right before the Americans with Disabilities Act sure. went into effect. So when we began, access was not there for for service dogs. Um, access was not there for dogs in training. There were certainly plenty of access issues for graduates that we worked with. Um, in their daily lives and so it was a eye-opening experience for everyone as we went through that process and change Um, and then as the years proceeded we also heard from veterans and um, about the effects of PTSD on on their lives and could a service dog help them so in 2013 we looked at that began a pilot project, and placed one dog that year. Um, since that time, I think we placed 25 dogs.
0: Amazing. Um,
1: and we also now are including first responders into that.
0: Wow. So both
1: veterans and first responders.
0: Wow. I think that is so cool. You know, when you, when we talk about disabilities, it's like, obviously, there are ways a dog could make someone with a disability have a much more independent life. But obviously veterans have given the biggest sacrifice of all. And, and coming back into civilian lifestyle has got to be so hard. I remember at our graduation, Eileen, when a couple veterans came up and gave their testimony about helping pause. And, oh. you know, my mom and dad were there and a couple close friends and then Don and Brian's family and friends, and they were there too. And, you We were all just like amazed and brought to tears. I remember everybody took a minute to come up to me after and say, oh, my gosh, I had no idea that Helping Paws brought so much livelihood back to veterans lives as well. And so that is just so cool to hear that you're doing that for first responders, too, and that you're still adapting how this program is run really to benefit the most amount of people you can. So it's just really cool. Thank you so much. And then I wanted to ask you too, one reason why my family chose helping pause for me when I was still really sick was
2: uh-huh. they they
0: loved that how committed you guys all were to really a lifetime of a good match and a successful Working team. Do you want to talk just a little bit about how you guys make that happen? Not only while I'm there learning about the dog and and doing the training over the weeks, but how you guys really make these matches successful for a lifetime?
1: We look at it as we brought these dogs that become service dogs into the world through our breeding program. We've fostered them through the training process, we've done the placement with them with our clients and then we also are going to be there for them from birth to the end of service and we also believe that for our clients you know there, there's it's not just the three weeks of going through team training it's that lifetime and you need support you need assistance you need someone to be there if you have questions or concerns or joys to celebrate yes um uh, and so that's very, very important to us. That's, that is a commitment for our organization to be able to provide that, that support to our clients.
0: Yes. Well, thank you so much. I'm I'm so excited this episode actually airs today and Don and Brian, they already came on and already did the interview and um That's I great. even yeah, I even have some videos of Macy helping me do various tasks around the house. So, I'm really excited to share it all and who knows, maybe someone in some rural area of Minnesota or beyond will hear this and and be able to make connections with you because she really has been life-changing, and I don't think I'll ever not have a service dog now that you've opened my eyes up to all of this possibility and teamwork. So, again, thank you so much, Eileen. Um, I hope you have a great rest of your day and a good weekend, and um, thanks again for coming on.
1: Okay, give Macy a biscuit for me. I
0: will. I'll give her a couple. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye.
1: Bye.
0: Okay, without further ado, now that you know what we'll all be talking about, I could not have done this episode or have a dog like Macy without the love, support, care, and generosity of Don and Brian Turwinka and family. So, without further ado, here is Don and Brian Terwinka. Episode 30, Macy. Macy, you're such a good girl. She's such a good girl. Yeah. Yeah, I thought, you know what? I'm going to get her vest on quick, and then she'll really be like, what's going on? I know. Hi, Macy. Yeah, well, okay, so how are you guys doing with COVID? Like, how have you been doing? Because, Don, you're used to seeing kiddos every day.
3: Yep, Brian and I both are. He goes back to school on Tuesday and we haven't gotten a go back to school date yet. We're thinking sometime in February.
0: Wow, okay. Cuz Brian, Brian, you're a teacher too? I I don't even know what do you do?
2: I teach uh, middle school, 8th grade, uh geography, global studies, what it's called, but it's geography, so.
0: That's cool. Yeah. Well, you two are like the best teachers ever. And you have how many <laughs> grandbabies now? 3. Three. Oh my gosh, I was gonna guess like a hundred, but I guess you probably don't have that many yet. But our
3: oldest one is coming over at five thirty to make slime with Nana and Pop.
0: Oh, see?
3: Yes. He snapchatted us saying he's having a sleepover to make slime.
0: Oh, <laughs> well that's really sweet. That's awesome. Well, thank you guys for coming on today. It's exciting well, to have you. you. Michigan. It's great. We we just got this house in I think it was July, and Tyler and I just had COVID, too. Oh, no. Actually, his grandpa passed away uh, uh, maybe three or four weeks, um, Brian, after your mom passed away. And we went down to Missouri to say goodbye to him, and the first day we were back, his aunt called and said, I'm not feeling well, and I got a test, and she was positive for COVID, so... We were with her when we were in Missouri and so we we both were positive. So luckily it wasn't horrible for us. I know a lot of people have had bad experiences with that or even lost their lives. So um I still have a little congested. You know, I'm a little congested still. I think I maybe sound a little different, but yeah.
3: Well, thank goodness. I would assume maybe you were a little bit worried about that. And, oh yeah.
0: yeah, I was yeah. I was really paranoid about it when it first started you know when it broke a year ago and and then for me with my lungs and you know I I know I'm getting further out from cancer but it's still scary because I would uh, imagine yes so we're okay yeah me too look at her she already laid down
3: (laughs) no Macy are you
0: gonna take a rest Macy come here come
3: Okay, she's probably thinking, I don't remember these dudes. No, are you kidding? Tess, if she was in front of us, she probably would be. Oh, of,
0: of course she would. Like yeah. when I did that speaking engagement at St. Ansker's, she wanted to be right by you guys. She was I like, you know, know what, Tess is working. So. How old is she?
3: She's got to be eight years old now, isn't she? I think she's nine this year, Don. Oh, gosh, that seems like so long ago.
0: I know. It's weird it, because it also doesn't feel like that long. Like it feels long, but it also doesn't, you know? Right, 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 right. Um, well, one of the things I wanted to talk about right away, as soon as we started, was like, what made you two get into get like doing a service dog? Whose idea was it? Was it Brian's? Was it yours? How did you hear about helping paws?
2: Oh, we have two different stories. Because <laughs> I, I said I saw on Channel 11 one night, they were doing a story on uh, Helping Paws, and I was sitting in the, in the downstairs uh, living room. And I go, I hope Don is not watching the same program <laughs> as me.
3: And I and I wasn't. And he didn't even. Did you even mention no. it to me? I don't think so. And then I went um, uh, with a volleyball team to Colorado, and the mom that I sat next to, Karen, also trains for Helping Paws. And she said, we were just talking about, she was telling me that she was getting this dog and she didn't know my passion for dogs, of course. And so on the long plane ride, we talked about it and I got to the hotel and downloaded the application and filled it out that night. And wow. And it was after that. I And of course I did, I was on a plane, so I didn't ask him. I told him when I got back and then he's like, oh my gosh, did you see that article? And <laughs> so it was really a, I don't know, intervention. I don't know. But
0: Yeah, you were both kind of maybe a little bit curious about it. Sounds like Brian was like, you know what? We have enough on our plate. But yes, yes. I did, Yeah. <laughs> but
3: he fell well, in love with her too, and uh, he yeah. helped with the training. I may may have done most of it, but he he did quite a significant amount too.
0: Ah, uh, so t- just tell the listeners what what um, prerequisites do you have to have in order to do something like this. And how was the process for you guys? Did you have to wait a couple litters because they had so many people already planned out for the current puppies? If you don't mind just sharing a little bit about that. Yeah,
3: well, um, the there was a process that we had to go through, an interview process. And it just so happened where they were really in need of um, foster home trainers for Macy's litter. So they needed somebody fast. Um, and I, we had been, um, fostering dogs for the humane society and some local, um, um, rescue organizations for about 10 years prior to Macy. So we had a lot of experience with taking in dogs and training. Um, I I didn't know it was going to be in the winter time. I think it was about an hour and 10 minutes, one way to train her, but that was okay. We did it. But, um, they always need trainers, uh, people that just love dogs. So they came out to the house and they saw our house and um, they wanted a fenced in yard. So we put in a little tiny fenced in section um, for Macy to run around in. But um,
0: did and we, we have- supplied everything for you guys, right? Food, shots. I mean, no. Oh,
3: no. That was our expense.
0: Yeah. So They say, take this puppy if you can donate the shots and the food. So you guys paid for all of that. I didn't realize that.
3: Um, yep. We did pay for most of it. The shots um, they would do, sometimes they would do bulk shots and, or they would reimburse us sometimes that we paid for all the food. Um, if something went w- wrong, that was little, we had to do the um, veterinarian. Our daughter worked at the veterinarian clinic. So we got a little bit of a break.
0: Yeah. See, that's nice.
3: The heartworm test they did at Helping Paws—they did a big te- group testing. Macy had issues with her eyes and her skin. As you know, she's got a little bit of an itch once in a while.
0: Yeah, she's got that dry skin on her belly.
3: So they paid her—paid to see a dermatologist and an eye doctor. So Helping Paws does do a lot to help out, but—but uh, but we didn't mind. It was, yeah.
2: our, it was our thing. All oh, the major medical exams and things like that. They took care of. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's good. Well, she is the best gift I've ever received, hands down. And I'm just blown away at how helpful and calm and her temperament. She's just such a sweetheart. You guys know that about her
3: and her litter. um, I mean, Helping Paws is an amazing organization and they do set you up with all the training you need and, um, for anybody who's even thinking about doing something exactly. like this, yeah. it, really, it really, I don't know, it's a passion, it's a gift of love and they have all kinds of people that come in. So you don't have to, there were people in our litter that had never had a dog, but just truly really wanted to get involved in the system. And, um, and they were successful too. So they walked the new beginners through it and yes, that, they're always in need of people.
0: Yeah. And so, like, do you remember, she was just a little puppy. I was going to grab her little scrapbook you gave me, too, as we go through this interview, because I thought that would be a fun way for you guys to, like, think back. And so, yeah, do you remember how old she was when you brought her home? And how strict were they, Don and Brian, about, like, following a crate schedule and things like, like that? Like, they, I must they must have given you a binder with all those pointers on it.
3: They did. They gave us a Uh, We had two little handbooks, um, one with all of the the way they the terminology of how we taught stay and drop and watch. But we had to do we had to bring our own crate. So we bought our own crate and oh, clicker training. Yep. Brian just reminded me of that. We did clicker training with uh, Macy, which they are a firm believer in. We got her at 12 weeks.
0: You got her at 12 weeks. Mm -hmm. okay see and I I couldn't remember it's always hard because every dog breed is different you know when I got mid she was I think eight weeks old and she was like this you know the size of a guinea pig when I brought her home
3: it may have been a little bit earlier because I didn't think it was you know most people do do eight to twelve but um she was pretty tiny yeah because this is uh,
0: now youngest daughter remind me her name (laughs)
3: Kelsey 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 was yeah. when we did the training so she helped a lot yeah I'm
0: Not going the right way let me see if I can get it in there do you see it
3: yeah she's so and and you know what we had our first training when the very first week we got her so I mean they didn't let you go at all they wanted to start training right off the bat just by learning her name yeah so- which we got to pick which was kind of fun too
0: that is fun. And the whole litter, they were all M names, right? Yep. I love that. So Helping Paws does, you know, they go through the alphabet. And so it was M and so Macy. So you guys just had to pick an M name. It could have been anything M. I think that was the case, although some of them like
3: Canute, he got a K. Yeah. He
1: got so a
0: different name.
3: the statistics are usually only about a third of each litter get to be service dogs. And in Macy's litter, it was almost two thirds of her litter ended up being actual working service dogs. So her litter was significantly maybe the right temperament or whatever, but it was a huge, it was a great, a great litter.
0: Yeah. Very cool. And then it says my sister and brothers and my mom and grandma, and she really does. She looks so much like I even think she looks almost more like her grandma now that she's got yes. that white face. Oh, I. Oh, you're right. Look at that. Oh, yes. Yeah. She Does she does? It's just yeah. It's pretty fun. She was a she was pretty stinking cute. Now with clicker training, it, remind me again how that works. If if you were to say Macy or tell her to sit and she would do that, you would click when she responds positively. Yep. You click
3: and then treat. So, okay. They have to do a, you do a command vocally, verbally, and then if they do it correctly, you get a click, just one, and then they get a treat after that. And the hope is eventually you'll take out the clicker, of course, so that they know. But so they worked on sound, sight, sound, and smell. So they had to look at you or whatever it was, and then they heard the clicks. They knew they were getting something
0: after the click. Yeah, she still lays like this, you guys spread out <laughs> she's like a little frog <laughs> yeah oh it's just so fun too that you had this book and her sprinkler I can only imagine she probably chomped at the water just like she still does yeah and she
3: always loved water not so much the bath time but she loved water playing in yeah the- that's um,
0: that's still the same here's a picture of you Don, with a fuzzy yeah. little dog
3: and I was all soaking wet she had just come in from there
0: <laughs> yeah yeah okay so then tell me about like how did it go now you brought her to school all the time didn't you so like you had her for two yeah. years
3: we had her for three years just three. under three years
0: three yep. years so well, yeah tell us about that
3: the reason why Tess is she wouldn't do what we were telling her to. <laughs> she was the last one in the litter to get placed with you. All the other ones had gotten placed. She was she was a little stubborn thing. And
0: well, yeah, she's so smart. She, you know, there are, you guys know it's like sometimes she's like, I don't want to pick that up. I want to play with my rabbit. That's more fun. So I have to be like, okay, give me your rabbit. And then you know, in order for her to get a rabbit back, she would do the job, and then I would shake her rabbit yeah. around. I don't blame her. You know, it's like if I was a service dog, I wouldn't want to do everything all the time either.
3: Yep. And she did great in school. Everybody in school um, knew her and knew of her. And every day she was in school, we'd go up and see the secretaries and the secretaries um, actually kept lint brushes next to their desk because, you know, (laughs) she shed so bad. So every day they'd come up She'd, you know, they'd have little tricks and little treats at their desks that they would do with her too. And I'll have to tell you that Macy was the first service dog in our district. And now we have many, Wow! Have many service dogs in our district now. So it's actually kind of opened up the door for, Yes. Service. and it's so, it's so cool. We have them at our elementary, we have one of our middle school, and we have three of them at our high school.
0: Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. Yep. We didn't, I'm, you know, when I was in at Cannon Falls it's so funny I I feel like on the podcast too I'm always talking about how there's always a weird way I know the guests like there's always a really strange way and for people that don't know um Don's husband Brian's parents went to St. Ansker's, which is the church I grew up going to my whole life when I could walk even Mm -hmm. before I was even in a chair it's just weird how all of that connection goes and then Don one of your best friends is the wife of my brother-in-law's best friend. It's yeah. just bananas how it's all it close like that.
3: How, how small the world really is when we think about it. Everybody's connected somehow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. And then who'd have thunk that you guys would have trained the dog that I got along so well with, you know, it's just, Funny. It, it feels like a god thing, doesn't it sometimes? Oh,
3: I very much a divine intervention. It was very very somebody up above knew that Macy needed to be with you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, she's you know, when I think about everything that we've been through together, it it really does it makes me emotional and I think about the day when she's not going to be with me anymore and that's awful. I don't like to think about that, but it is. She's already 9. It's like Yeah. Guys in another 9 years she probably won't be with me anymore. So I don't know. That just makes me sad. But I'm definitely going to get another service dog. Like I know I'll have a service dog forever. Yeah.
3: I think they bring an independence to your life. I would assume you would you would think. I mean, that was our goal.
0: Yep. 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 Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you guys have questions for me regarding what all she does for me. But, you know... As silly as like the sock thing might seem, right? Like for me, if I'm just exhausted at the end of the day or Tyler's working late out of town and can't help me with something and I drop my keys and they fall off my deck or, you know, I left my book bag by my bedroom door and it has my medication in it and I'm already in bed. Well, instead of me having to sit back up, get back dressed, get in my chair, go over and get it. I can just say, Macy, can you go get it? And the coolest thing that I thought when I first got her was how even if there wasn't a word she knew for something, I could say, find it. And she would start scanning yep. the room with her
3: nose. And, and you she you was- point to it, she'll, you'll, she usually get it. So yeah. I do, have, I do have questions for you. So does she do the keys really well?
0: she she's not always good about the keys and I think we talked about this maybe like a year after I brought her home yes but they're metal you know like if I put like a rope or something on it something that she can grab like a lanyard she does like that better Uh but truly I don't drop my keys that much so I guess that's good for both of us and socks socks you mentioned yes She does really good. She actually loves doing that. She'll wag her tail and immediately just start wiggling. Well, in Um, our,
3: she used to take our socks and before she realized why, she thought it was a game. She'd take our socks and run around the house. Yeah,
0: and snort with
3: them and on them and stuff until we realized, you know, we do the jeans training, take off the jeans and the pants and the socks, and then she did. She really knew what she was doing. So I'm happy to hear that she's still doing. Oh yeah,
0: she and you know. I give her a lot of treats and I tell her how good she is. And, you know, we do a lot of snuggling too. And, which is important. She, yeah, she, you know, what she and I have become is so much more than just, you know, a working dog. I think some people think, like, oh, they just take completely care of themselves. And, but it really is a companionship where you have to grow that relationship so she's not so stubborn, you know? Right. But I'll tell you guys, I, I think she was the third dog that I met. In fact, I know she was. Um, And so I met the first dog and I met the second dog. And the first one was, like, really hyper. And I had to tell it, like, five times a command and really look at it in the face and, like, use my hands. And yeah. she just wanted to get back home to you guys so bad. Macy got out, was sweet, you know, gave me a few tail wags and gave me a lot of kisses. Yeah, And, she, you know, begrudgingly, she did everything for me without without raising a stink.
3: Yeah. Well, I have okay. to tell you the day that um that you guys selected each other is what they, you know, they call it. Um she had been on three of them prior to you. And I I think they scheduled you towards the end or you had heard about it kind of after some of the other groups and every day I would go home and I would just cry because yeah. she she hadn't chose because they let the dogs choose their partner. And I kept telling Brian, we did something wrong. And I was crying because she wasn't selecting anybody. But yet I was crying because we still got to keep her. Because if she didn't yeah. select anybody, we would get to keep her. And they said, OK, we're going to try it one more time. And it was that time. I'll start, wow. crying. I'm gonna start crying now. But we got a call saying, uh, Macy walked out, set her head on your lap. And everybody in the room knew that it was going to yeah.
0: Yeah. And, you know, like I said, Don and Brian, she's such a gift. I I cannot imagine pouring my heart and soul into a dog for two years or three, and then the whole time also knowing that, like, okay, she's going to end up with someone else. That's, like, that's such a huge gift. Like, and again, I went through my cancer stuff and you know obviously my tumor was a big surprise to me it's not like i expected something like that in my lifetime and so having her snuggles and her kisses and her head in my lap when i felt like just complete garbage she just has been such a blessing so i can't thank you guys enough for
3: her. her very happy with who she chose and then on the way home his sister called me and said Um, is Macy at training today? And it was in a weekday in the summertime. And I'm like, yeah, why? I think I just saw her on somebody's Facebook. And I'm like, well, who? So then she told me your story. And then I called Brian and I'm like, oh my gosh, I think she picked her partner and it's from Cannon Falls. And then it was just like, we knew God had, had chosen you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It really is. It's just, it just, boggles my mind when I'm like what Brian's mom is Muriel, and and (laughs) what is happening with the world she's just like yeah your mom Brian every day when I was a kid no taller than chest level or hip level and I came into church she would always take a minute to look down and smile at the kids and say hello how are you Tess and she just always had a smile on her face just like you and it's just really sweet so he's quiet and yes Herbs,
3: but yes yes
2: nope. but you know she just passed away that was almost everybody verbatim said exactly what you said if they had you know gone to Cannon Falls Elementary School they knew that uh, you know they knew who she was and they knew just the kind lady that she was so yeah that is, yeah. That is
3: she loved Macy too <laughs> yeah
0: yeah yeah she's just she's just so great So, yeah, that had to have been so hard, though, yeah, to get that call. Like, you're so happy. You're proud of her because you're like, it's kind of like a kid, you know? Yeah, like, oh, good. My daughter went to college and found a job she loves, and now she's going to go do that. It's Uh kind of the same thing, right? Like, what did you guys think? I know, Don, I remember telling you, if my cancer comes back and I pass away, within the next, like, three years, I want her to go back to you guys.
3: Well, we are thankful that that never had to happen. We didn't have to have that conversation. Tess, every day we we're, we're thankful for that. So yeah,
1: me too. But
2: the hardest thing that night, probably, I think, when we walked her across the stage to you, when you knew, you know, it's like giving your kid away at, at a wedding. It's that you knew she wasn't coming back, and but yeah. what she was meant to do is what she was going to do.
0: Yeah she just has fit so well into our family. When you ask how Michigan is, it's wonderful. I love it out here, but True I you. miss my family so yeah. much. Like
3: that was a huge adjustment for you because you guys were all living together. And then all of a sudden, oh, I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah,
0: it was crazy. So Tyler and I met in Winona when I was living at my sister's house after after my cancer and disability. And we met on a dating app not, not a very good one either. It was Tinder. (laughs) And, um, we went on a couple dates, but first we talked for an entire year and Tyler met Macy. Macy came on like, I think my second and third and fourth dates I brought her with. And she loved Tyler and she loved my fam. You know, she got along with my family. Great. And you guys know my dad, he's like obsessed with Macy. He loves the heck out of her. And she's so good with the kids too. Like she really loves the kids. She'll just lay down in the middle of their po- toys and, you know, she'll take Joe's stuffed animals and snort at them. And <laughs> <laughs> So how is it going
3: out there? And I know that Tyler has a job and that's what took you there.
0: Yep. At- yep. Yep. Right. So we, we dated, yeah, for like two years. And then his job in Winona was kind of going down the chutes and, he wasn't really sure. He kind of got cold feet, I think, which I don't blame him. Cause I know there's, there's a lot of things with any relationship and then being out of state, trying to date a girl in a different state. And, yeah. you know, I get all of that, but I'm so thankful that God brought us back together. But we were ever too
3: since happy when I started seeing pictures, I'm like, they're back together. Yay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It is exciting. And so when we were talking about, like, okay, well, what makes most sense for us now that we are going to move forward and we want to get married and stay together and really, you know, do this life together. Um, Midge is scratching at the bed trying to burrow into a donut hole, but it's <laughs> not going to happen because it's a thick dog bed with a cover on it. Midge, come here. So, um, anyway, we, we decided to get back together and we moved. I moved out here. And because you're right, it's like we had, I think, three generations in that house (laughs) all together. My mom and dad, me, my sister, and then her family. And, you know, I wanted Linnea and Joseph to to have more freedom back. And I knew that I knew I could stay in Winona, but it's like I knew I didn't want to just stay there forever. Right. Because before I got sick, I wasn't living there. And so. You know, I thought, gosh, you guys, I mean, you know what it's like in some rural parts in Minnesota, whereas out here in Michigan, I'm 20 minutes from Ann Arbor, and there's so much for just wheelchair adaptive, you know, community around here. And so that's really been huge. Oh, really? Um, (laughs) Yeah, they have like a spinal cord awareness support group where there's people of all walks of life, of all ages that, that go to those support groups. So it's just been really good for community but again I miss my friends and family and I bet bet. yeah so it's been a blessing and then without us even planning this Tyler grew up coming to this house all the time when he was a kid and um it's beautiful it has a huge yard for the for the dogs to run and play I'm gonna take a picture of my backyard and I'll send it to you guys on your phone but we're just so blessed to be out here. We we feel thought
3: like, a big lawnmower, like a big like, golf yes. course lawnmower.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a zero turn. It's insane. But Tyler lifts me up on it, and it is completely hand-controlled. So his grandpa, you know, we have to pay for this house. It's not like it's free to us. But basically, we're going to be paying rent on it for 10 years. And then once we're here for 10 years, then we'll get like a $70,000 mortgage or something. Cool, so, cool. yeah, it's pretty neat that they're like letting us do that. We also built a, a lift platform. So now I can get into the house with cool. this lift because um, it's a two story. The garage is underneath me right now. And so when you drive up to the house, you really can only get up here by taking the stairs. So. That was huge. The Cerebral Palsy Association of Michigan actually has um, loans for, you know, home projects. So I was able to get a $25,000 loan from them. Then the loan costs like 22000 So it's expensive. It's not easy. You know, I I can only imagine how hard some of the stuff would be for someone who didn't have, you know, an education or a good job or savings, you know, so... We feel very fortunate to be able to paint all this wood paneling, whatever color we want. And <laughs> it's the, the yard is just fantastic. You know, I'm sure that cool. the dogs
3: love to go out there and Macy, get you get to throw her balls around or tennis oh. balls.
0: Oh, yes. You guys know she loves those balls. And mm-hmm. when I'm mowing the lawn on that zero turn in the summer, she'll I'll throw a ball, you know, only 12 feet away from me. She'll go pick it up and then jump up on the side and give it to me. And uh. she'll go <laughs> along with me the whole way. And then she'll get tired and she'll just lay in a spot where I already mowed and watch me.
1: Very, <laughs> cool. Very
0: uh, cool. She she never lets me out of her sight. Now, Don, was she more your dog? I mean, Brian, she loved you too, but like, How did the training go then? Because she had to respect you both. But how was that?
3: Well, I was the main trainer, but when I couldn't go or if I didn't feel well or the roads were bad, Brian would take her. Um, They didn't like us skipping. Um, We lived farther away than most people. So we ended up having to for snow and stuff. But so she would respond to Brian. Brian did really great with her. I had a more kind of a boisterous.
2: You were the teacher. I was the
3: teacher. <laughs> so, but when I have that type A personality, it has got to be done my way. But uh, Macy, well, and then our kids too, you know, at that time we we had one still at home.
2: Yeah, I think
3: Ashley was still at home there for a while.
2: I think she would come should. home from school. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: So they were all a part of it too. And Ashley had a dog and we had two other dogs, only two with Macy. So I think we had yeah, three man. dogs in the house. So.
0: So how did she get along with the other dogs? Like that had to have been, it was fine.
3: Oh yeah. I loved them. Macy. And I know that Macy loves your little midge too. So she,
0: She, you know, I always tell people if I'm at the dog park or wherever going for a walk and I'm throwing the ball with her and her leash is off, you know, they're like, is she friendly? Can I pet her? Can my dog say hi? I'm like, yes, of course. Like you don't have to worry at all, you know?
3: Yeah. And it's hard, you know, when you're, when she's a service dog and she's supposed to be working, it's, I'm happy to hear that those people actually asked you for permission because um, when I take, so I'm taking Sadie, our golden now that I, she's a trained um, therapy dog. So I've been taking her and technically she doesn't have to be asked because she is a therapy dog, not a service dog. So the kids knew that I had Macy there, the pe- the staff that was still there, and so they asked to, can I can I pet her? Should I not pet her?
0: So. Yeah, yeah. Well, she she does so great. And I think what's cool too about, and maybe you guys know better than I do with Goldens, they don't always, you know, Macy isn't the type where if we're walking through a crowded crowded grocery store, she might smell one or two people, but generally speaking, she stays pretty well focused. With Mm -hmm. where I'm headed and what I'm doing. It doesn't really, she's not the type that just has to say hi to everybody. Whereas if I took Midge in the grocery store, she would be jumping up on everybody's hip saying hi. So
3: temperament, and that's what they were trained. You know, we had, the whole last year we had Macy, she had to go into Ace Hardware. We took her to Menards many times. And you took her on a plane too, right? Yeah, tell me about some of that. I, she didn't, you got to fly with her, but we had to train her on a plane. They had a training plane that they used. So we had to do that a couple times and she did well, but we never got to fly with her like you did.
0: Right. Yep. I have a few times and she did, she was very, she was a little nervous when we got on, you know, she wanted to go on the plane before me and scope out where I was headed. So it was actually really cute. I just, told the pilot and the, one of the women in the front, the stewardess, I just said, if you don't mind, like she doesn't need, you don't need to hold her leash. She'll just go on before me. And so she did, she went on the plane, went about halfway down, spun around and then waited for me to get rolled on. And then I made my transfer and yeah, people love to see her out and about with me. They, as you know, Dawn, they just. We did one
3: restaurant one time where they got a little snippy with us. You remember that restaurant where we, we had her underneath and she, she wouldn't sit. It was at the very beginning, of course. And
2: a uh, lot of people had left table scraps on the floor unintentionally, you know, and she yeah. smell them out
3: and yeah. we had a hard time controlling her, but she's supposed to leave it, you know, leave yeah. those. And, uh, um, we had a couple of people kind of give us the sneer, like, Oh, she's eating the junk on the floor, but that was part of the training. Yes. You know? teach her to leave those things and distractions alone but that was only probably the only time we took her into restaurants all the time with us so
0: yeah yeah she's, she
3: went to she's church she went to church with us the people in church just love we always made sure we sat in the back but um yeah
2: sporting events oh, volleyball and basketball games and she would be intently watching the ball you know however yeah, that, yes. yeah.
3: And we took her to a wrestling mat. My, um, so the kids, we were both coaching at the time and the kids loved Macy. So they always knew when I came to watch him coach that I would have Macy and vice versa. But we took her to a wrestling mat one time and all that banging on the mat. She, she did not like that. So we only did that once. Only- yeah took her to that once. But. Yeah I can only imagine her yeah at a tennis
0: match or at a volleyball match I'm sure like you said Brad, that she was just watching the whole time.
3: But she did everybody knew her in town you know in the bank they'd always she'd be sitting in the back seats they always have treats for her. the mailman would you know and I mean it was just it was really cool everybody knew Macy.
0: Yeah you know I think about someone with a disability maybe who has lived in a chair their whole lives right and maybe don't feel very outgoing um in, in a public setting. And I think it's really beautiful too that how a service dog might help someone is just having those conversations conversations with strangers that you otherwise probably wouldn't have, right? Like Do,
3: do you have those? Do people come up and ask you about her?
0: Oh yeah. And one of my favorite lines is when they say like, oh, beautiful. You know, if I'm done up that day, I'll be like, thank you. We <laughs> we get that a lot. You know, I'll kind of pretend like they're talking to me, but absolutely. Yes. Or, or people will, and I'm sure they did this to you guys too. Like, oh, my dad always had goldens when I was growing up or, you know, yeah. there's such a great family dog that so many people know them and you know know what they're like and they want to talk about it and every now and then
3: like that that doesn't shed quite so much right if she couldn't shed we were vacuuming every single day we had her and that's just a little you know minor thing of course but it was like oh it is it's Sure. You've, you know, when you brush her, it's like, how do you, how does your hair fall out? Like,
0: this? right, right. How can I brush her every day and have the, the undercoat still coming out? It is, it's insane. I,
1: yeah.
0: I cut you know, maybe like a month ago, I didn't want to go to the groomer because of COVID and all of that. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to try to do her haircut. And so I did it. And she looked a little choppy for a minute, but her <laughs> hair grows back so stinking fast. And now she yeah. looks great. And yeah, yeah, she does. She it, sheds a lot, but it's okay. I love her. It, it is. It is. Yeah. yeah. So I invested in a really good vacuum, you guys. I finally bought a Dyson. It was on sale at Costco. And it's great because I can vacuum the sides of the couch, the top of the couch, the pillows. Like that thing is the best tool I've ever purchased. So I think at
3: some time we put covers on our couches just to prevent some of that. And that didn't work. And Finally, we just said, okay, we're just going to vacuum every day, and and then we had leather couches, so it didn't stick to it so much after that.
0: Yeah, (laughs) see? That's nice. Leather's great. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah, I'm going to have to get a leather couch eventually myself because it's so much easier to scoot on and off of it when you have, you know, leather versus fabric on fabric. It just gets kind of sticky, so... Um, Okay. So do you guys use clicker training for all your dogs now that you've done it? Like, do you swear by it, Don? Or tell me like, if you have any dog training books that you swear by, just any tips like that for people that are starting out training a dog, what would you say? What advice would you give? I, I
3: totally believe in dog clicker training, but you have to be very diligent on using it. And when we got Sadie, Um, we took her, she was in, she she was a totally different type of, uh, personality than Macy. She was spastic and all over the place. And, um, so I took her to puppy training just to get her acclimated to other dogs and we used it there. And then we, um, something happened where we, we went to another class and then we had the trainer come in. So nobody signed up for a class. So she said, Oh, we'll do one-on-one at our house, which was awesome.
1: Yeah.
3: I know it was so I even I even tell people I give her card out all the time if I ever had to do it again and could afford it and it was you know viable I would have the trainer come to my house because they can see the atmosphere that the dog or the environment that the dog lives in but um so we used clicker training or I used clicker training for three different classes with um Sadie and then when we went to the therapy dog training I did not use it and okay. they just They said we couldn't use it in the actual test, so they didn't recommend using it for the training. Okay. One other training piece that I recommend for everybody is a gentle leader. Um, Does Macy still wear her gentle
0: leader? She, we haven't used it a lot. She doesn't really pull on my wheelchair. And Mm -hmm. honestly, I think, I think it bothered my mom a little bit. Like when I was still living at home, she was like, I just don't like that on her face. And, yeah. I mean, whatever. It I didn't really care, so I just kind of quit using it. But yeah, talk talk a little yeah, bit about the gentle leader.
3: The gentle leader um whenever I put it on Macy and we train right when they're puppies, right after we got her, to have them like the gentle leader and virtually it's a strap that goes around their their not their nose and then one that goes back behind their ears and then it has a cord that pulls down. But, and everybody always thinks it's a muzzle. It's not a muzzle. It's It's not a a muzzle. Nope. It leads them. So in Macy's case and in helping pause, I always believed that that they knew that they were working when they had the gentle leader on. Yeah. So we trained at home or at class, we were to put the gentle leader on and then they knew that they were supposed to be following directions or working and, to this day, don't ever take my dogs on a walk. And I have two of them. So I have two gentle leaders. They are always on a gentle leader. I mean, they can't pull. They they know that you're the one leading them.
0: Right, right. I, well, that's that's great, though, because if, if a dog needs a little more reinforcement, you're saying that can just kind of help them focus.
3: Yep, it just turns their head. And if they try to run after a squirrel, they can't because you're pulling the opposite way with this thing that's on their
2: head. But right, right. Right. They they might try to, to pull away and they will. I mean, Macy didn't like it right away either. She would yeah. try to chew on it. But as they get more comfortable with it and they understand that it's not that muzzle, that it's just something to help guide them, they, they pick it up pretty quickly.
3: Yeah, uh, Sadie knows if I say, let's go for a walk, which she's ringing our potty bell. We taught her to to ring a bell. Macy knew how to do that, too. She rang a potty bell. See, yep. that's
0: great. And now talk a little bit about that. You literally just have a bell hung on your doorknob or or how, yep. and how did you, every have, time.
3: They actually have dog potty bells. It screws down to the bottom and you want it about 12 inches above the floor. And it's just like anything else we trained. Um, we can't get our golden doodle to do it for some reason, but, um, we had it done in one day with Macy and one day in Sadie. So maybe it's that smart golden retriever, but every, she goes to the door, she rings the bell and she knows she'll wait there until we go to bed. Yeah. So,
0: so how did you, how did you train Macy in a day then? Did you put her nose on it and open the door? Like, tell couple, us how you did it.
3: So she'd come over to the door and she'd have to sit and we'd treat her, click her and treat her for sitting. And then, we would pull the food, you know, with your hand, pull the food towards it, and every time she put her nose down it, she clicked and trained further. Clicked and trained further. Clicked and trained, and then we would just leave our hand in front of the bell until she touched the bell. And once she touched the bell, we clicked and trained. And after she reached the bell, then the door quick opens. But wow. we don't we don't let her out. We pull her in. The same thing we did it with Sadie, and um and it they just get it. And then eventually, what I did with Sadie, she wasn't as fast as macy i'd put the food on the bell and so she hit it with her paw and now it's we have a we're training for another family we're training a poodle and this morning he actually hit the bell too
2: cool, cool. And yeah we are not doing the training she is doing the
0: training <laughs> i like oh, you guys are funny
2: She got to do most of the educational stuff with uh, Macy, and I got to have fun with Macy.
0: Yeah, true. That's true. You were the play man, huh? Well, and gosh, look at that picture, how beautiful she is. So young.
3: Yes. And there she is with Pong. That's our other dog, or at that time was our other dog, and they snuggled all the time.
0: Yeah. Oh, Pong. What a great name for that little guy.
3: He's actually, we... After my father passed away, my mom needed a reason to get out of bed, and they used to babysit Pong whenever we went somewhere, and so Pong loved her, and she loved Pong, so I let my mom adopt Pong, so my mom has had Pong for four years now.
0: Oh, well, that's really sweet, now that, so she's a little less lonely. Here's some pictures of you with, on the airplane. Yep, there was the airplane training. Yeah, yeah, so she, the first time we took off, she did look at me like, what are we doing? You know, because the force of the plane like pushed her back right into my legs. And, but she was great. She, she was mashed right in there. Sometimes I thought, oh my gosh, how am I going to be sitting by two other people that don't know me? They're really in for a treat. So did she stay underneath the seat in front of you then? or did She, would, she would pop up quite a bit, but it it didn't bother me as long as she was in my area. And then there was a really nice gentleman, probably in his 60s, sitting between me and the person on the end. And he told me like five times, he's like, don't worry about it. I love dogs, you know. So I, I, wondered, I wondered what it would do if you had to buy her a seat. Oh, yeah.
3: Just for the space.
0: Yeah, just for the space. And I suppose I could, I just haven't. But well, now with COVID, yeah, Yeah. now with COVID, I bet you they would probably give me a whole aisle. Yeah. But okay, so clicker training. And then um, what about like crate training? I know you said they have to, they wanted you to use a crate.
3: And oh, so, yeah. yeah,
0: what did that look like as far as actually, the schedule?
3: That's one of the requirements. And I actually think it should be a requirement for any puppy. Um, and the crate is, becomes for the dog a safe place. So it's very good to get that relationship with the dog and a place that's just theirs. Um, so we brought and we hadn't had a puppy for, I mean, I did um, foster work with foster dogs, but we usually when the puppies are born, we just put them all together. But when they're by themselves, it's quite a bit different. So Macy, um, one of the recommendations from helping paws actually was to put them in the crate with a frozen water bottle. And I don't know why. Well, we got her in the summer. That could have been why. And then we slept on the floor next to the crate. So if 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 she popped up, then we'd take her out to the bathroom. We'd put her in there. We'd put our hand in the kennel and just kind of rub her so she knew we were there. And about every... 20 minutes to an hour. We had to get up in the middle of the night for the first couple nights and take her out to go pee right away. So she knew she couldn't go in her kennel.
0: Right. Yeah. I did kennel training with Midge too. And there's a book called the art of raising a puppy by the monks of new skeet. Have you heard of that book? Mm -hmm. Oh, it's so good. They go through like pack mentality and kind of like how you're saying with the environment, how a trainer just knows where things should be and maybe what would make them anxious. This book was really cool. I had never read and and it's been so long done because I read this when Midge was a puppy which was it right around the same time cuz I think they're the same age that you must have gotten Macy. Um and so it is. It's just funny how you don't think about that stuff obviously cuz we're not dogs. We don't have pack mentality like that and it went through you know, when your dog is shy or nervous, like try these things and here's how you can make, you know, them reinforced feeling safe in their kennel. And it really did work so well. And she quit going potty in her kennel, too. She wouldn't do it because that's just true. like you're saying with Macy, they learn that that's like their den or their crib, you know, so. Well, and too, you know, when they're <laughs> there's Brian and Macy sleeping in the car together. Macy traveled with us everywhere everywhere, 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 Yeah,
3: she went. But, you know, in the, the kennel after that first initial, it's a place to keep them safe, but it's also a place for them to feel safe. And our dogs, when we're sitting here watching TV, will still go find their kennels and lay down, even though we're not having them kenneled. But Macy went through a stage when she was about a year. Remember that? She refused to go in her kennel we would throw peanut butter treats and food in there. And she's like, I am not going in there. So a couple nights I climbed into the kennel and I didn't sleep the whole night, of course, but I laid down with her for a good amount of time. I had to do it just to get her back. I don't, we don't know what happened, but there was a phase that she didn't go in that kennel.
0: Yeah. And I had one little phase with her too, where she didn't want to get in my van. I don't know if You know, she stubbed her toe getting in the van once or something happened or maybe I drove crazy. How did she do in the car for you guys when she was a puppy?
3: When she was little, she was a little car sick, which is actually very normal. But um, she did that with us one time, too. She got in and and I don't know if it was her leg or she jumped out and got hurt. But she had a phase with us, too. And it was something that happened, but we didn't know what it was. Um, Yeah. Yeah,
2: Jumping into or getting out of the vehicle. Yeah.
3: It, it yeah. But yeah, so that doesn't yeah.
0: put her traveling in the van. She travels well. Oh, yeah, she does really well. I always tell her, like, Macy, you can come up on the passenger seat or jump up on the back bench because I just think that would be more comfortable. But she really likes to be on the floor because it's totally hollowed out in there. And and I put a little mat down on the floor behind the driver's seat. And so she just curls up behind me and kind of hugs the wall. And and she's always um, up-
3: Like to be one that sprawls.
0: Yeah.
3: Always like to have space to sprawl out.
0: Yeah, I know when people say like, "Oh, does she sleep with you?" I say, "Well, sometimes she'll come up and cuddle, but she gets so hot, she doesn't stay up there all night."
3: (laughs) He would always get mad at me, and he always said, "No dogs in the bed, no dogs in the bed." And Macy always slept with me, and and so I would sit in the middle of the bed, so Macy wouldn't make him mad. So I'd she'd sleep on my side of the bed and I slept in the middle of the bed. But not oh, for that's
0: so funny. Yeah, because she does. She gets really hot.
3: Yeah. And Sadie does that now, too, which is funny.
0: You know, when we were talking about bringing her to church, too, there's been a couple times where she'll fall asleep so deeply and start <laughs> dreaming. I'll have to wake her up.
3: <laughs> Macy, Macy.
0: Remember this day? This was like. Look at how different you look, Tess. I know. I was 185 pounds when I was on my chemo
2: mm-hmm.
0: because of the steroids. Yeah. And so it did. It took me probably a good three years to get back to normal.
2: Yeah.
0: I think that was the day we met you. Yeah, I think I can't remember, Don, if I had met you once before but I think that was the night you guys brought her dog food and her bed and her toys. Could be, could be. Yeah. Cause I see all the other, you know, trainers oh, exactly. there with their dogs. I've got. Yeah. LeVon behind me and. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It's just. Such yeah. A it's group. I would love to do that again sometime. Maybe after I'm retired don't have to get up for school the next day after training or something. It was the drive more for us that, well, and the heartache giving her up was also something.
0: Oh yeah. I literally can't imagine. But like, like I said, again, she is, you know, there were times when I finally went back to work. I had to stay in a hotel overnight to do like a conference. I was a social worker and I was working in independent living. And I remember really vividly one time when I had to stay overnight in the cities. You know, my mom and dad they both offered. They were like, "Well, we can just drive up separate, and we'll meet you at the hotel, and then we can help you while you're there." And I said, "You know what, mom? I'm really appreciative for you to do that, but I I said I think this is a really good opportunity for Macy and I to tackle this together." And so I'll never forget that my first night working overnight. It was me and Macy in that hotel room, and she was so helpful. Of course, the first night, you know, when I cath and I have to lay flat, I had dropped my mirror off the side of the bed, and it was like, of course, on the on the end of the bed where I could not reach, I'd have to, like, sit up and turn around and scoot to the edge of the bed, and I thought, oh, my gosh, could you imagine if I fell off the bed and had to have the, the hotel staff come up and get me back into bed? I thought, oh, my gosh, thank God I have Macy. Yeah. And she went and got my mirror right away. And oh, um, here. Yes, and I can't tell you guys every night when I get undressed and I put my boots and my socks in my wheelchair. I swear it's every other night my boots fall off the back or the side <laughs> or the front. And she she adores it. She loves to do that stuff. So good, hundred um, percent. She's made me more independent. Um yeah. that's good. I I would for sure say though, that the thing she helps me out with most is when I drop stuff off the bed or if I'm in a weird spot where I'm spending the night at a friend's house. Right. Because everything in my life is like meticulously laid out now that I have this disability. It's like I have to have a lot regimented. Right. Like where I put my catheters and where I store my shoes and every now and then when I'm out of my own environment, it's so nice having her with because it's just that security knowing like, okay, if I drop something or like I said, I leave my book bag out of reach, she'll always always help. So Does she
3: ever have to turn on lights? Like lights? Yeah. Shows? Yes. In fact when I was because she did not do that well. <laughs> she did not no. It took I us- have- Probably I have learned to get it. <laughs> she wanted you guys to get it. Oh, we are the last group in that litter that actually could get it. We could not get her to use her nose or her paws or anything.
0: Oh, what a stinker!
3: We actually yeah. didn't we build one at home? Yeah. We built switch. we built a switch. Brian went to Menards and bought a switch and we put it on wood and we trained and trained and trained because we thought it was something to do with our maybe slippery walls or something, but.
0: Yeah, you got it. You guys did it. When I was working in independent living with that same job, I at the end of my time there, I got this gig where I would go around to the schools and I would talk to the special needs classrooms. And that was really cool. And Macy came with me every day and the kids loved her so much. And Every time I would do like an introduction to a class, a new class I would meet, because we would help do like employment placements and stuff like that for the kids that wanted to get a job while they were in school and things like that. And so I would do my introduction. I would say who I was and then I would show the class how Macy would help me. So she would Dawn, pick up my keys on a lanyard. I would <laughs> pretend like I dropped it. You know, I'd have it on my knee and I'd be talking to the kids and I'd slide it off and I'd say, oh, Macy. And she would perk up and should come right over and get my keys for me. (laughs) Good to hear. Good to hear. Yep. And then the other thing I would do is, you know, they always, the teachers would always keep like, excuse me, a garbage can under the light switch. So I would go over and I'd move the garbage can out of the way and I would show the kids how she would do the light switches too. And she loved to do it. She thought that was the greatest thing. And it's so cute.
3: That's good to hear.
0: Yeah. Literally all 30 students would be like, oh, You know, the lights would go off and they would all go, oh, and Macy would just wag her tail and have this big smile on her face. And it it was so great. And, you know, sometimes I'd tell a kid like, okay, yeah, go ahead, throw a marker off your desk and she'll come pick it up for you. And the last thing I'll say, too, is when I was really sick, kind of in the beginning, still not feeling very good when I first brought her home. You know, my body was still getting right after all the chemo. I... I think you had told me too that you and Brian used to like pass notes back and forth to, to make her practice. Oh yeah. But my mom's apartment at, at my sister's house was above above me and she was upstairs. And there was a few times where my mom would yell down, you know, like, Hey Tess, do you want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? And should put it in a Tupperware and then put it in his a, in, in a baggie of some kind and she would say, Macy, or you know, Tess, send your dog up. <laughs> I'd tell Macy to go on upstairs, and Macy would bring it back down. Or, you
3: not know, even. I would have because Macy loved peanut butter. Like she would, she would break through a bag to get peanut butter.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, she was, she was so good. Yeah. So literally, physically, I couldn't go up the stairs and get it, and so she helped my mom's knees and helped us out. So we so had to great.
3: mail if the, the the note was for mail. So if we would hand it to somebody and then drop it, it was a letter, and it was so hard for her to use her nails to scrape that up that and we had to practice credit cards to remember that mm-hmm. that was super hard for Macy to do
0: yeah I can only imagine just the other night we were playing cribbage and I dropped a card mm. and Tyler got up to go get the card and I said no just wait let's see if Macy can do it and you're right she but she worked hard she did not give up
3: did she get it yes she did
0: yes Cool. That's way yep. cool. Yep. And so I think too, what would be really cool with this episode is I'll record a couple things that she does with me. I'll do the socks, I'll do the keys, yeah. I'll do the card, I'll do the light switches. And I'm trying to think if there's anything else that would be cool for people to see. Um Does she still do hugs where you get up
3: and you just put she your She
0: does do hugs, yeah, and she'll rest her head. That's a good idea. Favorite. Yeah, she's just so sweet.
3: You know, and it's good for people to see that she's not just a working dog for you; that she's a partner in life. You know.
0: Yeah, and it is hard because I, you know, I've had a couple people too, kind of like your experience with that woman who kind of gave you a look. Um, we went to a hotel once, and I had Tyler with me. It was Tyler and I and Macy, and they kind of looked at us thinking like, well, why do you need a service dog if you have an able-bodied person with you? And it's like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. obviously, if Macy can take some of the burden off of Tyler, that's a good thing, not a bad thing. What do they
3: think? they're? He's going to be around you 24-7 while you're there? I mean.
0: Right. Yeah. It's, and it's just
3: odd. And it's just that it's uneducated people.
0: Exactly. Because people assume Yeah, They assume something totally different and it's like, well, but wait a minute. No, she's actually really useful. And it does. It's infuriating when people just assume that I have her just as arm candy or something. Like, I know she's beautiful, right? But it's like, do you really think that I'm just having this dog because... She's great. I mean, obviously she is great, right? But
1: right, she's right. so
0: much more than that. She's so well, smart. It's
1: the people
3: that ruin it by throwing a vest, a service dog vest, on any dog just to get them in places for free because those dogs are. I mean, it really. And that's gotten worse. Yeah. Worse. And like, I could buy a therapy dog jacket for any of my dogs for twelve ninety five and not do any training. Yep. But I have to pay yearly uh, memberships to have her certified and they send me something to put in the jacket to make sure. And it's the people that want to work that kind of wreck it for all of us that have
0: it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and then you think too, obviously, any dogs at your house or my house aren't going to go bite anyone, but you just never know. And for sure, a lot of those dogs, I'm sure don't have the proper training if they are under stress, or someone does something that makes them aggressive, you just never know. So it is hard, but Are there any like reading materials or websites that you guys would recommend to people that are looking for, you know, I said the art of raising a puppy by the monks of new skeet. That's a really great one, but Don, what, yeah. Yeah. What resources do you use?
3: I'm, I'm a big time visual learner. So if you get a new puppy, I think going to a puppy class is very important and it's not just for um, you, the trainer, but it's good for a dog. Like we're training this standard poodle right now, and it just needs behavior and socialization um, training. It has gotten much better when we are training him with our other dogs. So puppy classes, the dogs really, really do watch what other puppies are doing right to get a treat. So if your dog is not getting a treat or a click, whichever way you choose to train them, they do notice the dog next to them doing the right thing. And I think that's why Helping Paws does an amazing job. Helping Paws, I think, is the best. They, one, have very well-trained trainers. They know what they're doing. And the fact that they they expect, their expectations, is you're at class with your dog, with the other trainers, and with the other dog. So if I have a week where I'm like, oh, my gosh, my week was so hard, I'll ask the person next to me, okay, I can't get this. Can you work with my dog? And we swap dogs. I mean, that's a huge resource. So there's a lot of good books and I can honestly say I've not read a one of them. I bought a couple of them when I had other dogs, but I think that, you know, finding somebody to help you learn how to train your dog is just as important, but there's, you know, the book you read, obviously you endorsed that. And I think that that's cool. What do you think about that?
2: No, I think that socialization when they're watching the other dogs do the right thing, do the correct thing that, it's just like the rest of us, they, they they figure that out. And then, okay, if I want that, then I'm probably going to have to do that. And they will uh, they will pick it up because they are that smart.
0: Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Is there any, like, time during – I'm sure there are a lot of times when you had Macy that really stick out in your mind that you feel like would be beneficial for people to hear about? Anything that she overcame that was just really I – mean, I, Patience. The a huge thing.
3: Um, I would say that I'm kind of a type A person. And when Macy wasn't getting it, I would just hand the treat bag to him. And I was like, you got to work with her because I'm getting frustrated. So every dog goes through that. Um, every dog has points where they don't want to work just like you are when you're a student. So persistence and patience and just keep working slowly. Um, I like to think like I'm a coach. We're both coaches and we like to have a lesson plan and the lesson plan at the end of the lesson is supposed to look like this. Um, It doesn't work that way with dogs. Um, If they're willing to work, they'll do it. If they're having an off day, they probably won't and they don't understand what you're saying and you don't understand what they're saying. Right. Patience is the big thing. Our therapy dog, Sadie, we needed to go through three um, different classes to get her to finally go to the therapy dog training because wow. she was, she was just hyper and she did what she wanted when she wanted and she did not like to be around other dogs. Um, she just wanted to play. She did not want to train. So it took and she's four now.
2: Oh, no. And, th- and that initially was because she, we obviously didn't take the same approach with her that we did with Macy being in a family dog versus. Uh, you know, a full-time service dog with that. And so she did not learn weekly like right, you did with right, Macy. Right, right, absolutely. Um, and so that's, you know, then you got to... Consistency. It's going to take longer. Yep, it's going to take longer. Yeah. We all
3: yeah. said to each other, why can't we get her to train like Macy? And it's like, well, we're not taking her to a class once a week. Yeah. So. Yeah,
0: because that's what you guys did then, huh? Once a week from the time you brought her home, you would bring her to Helping Paws. Yep. Rarely did we have a week off,
3: unless it was a snowstorm.
0: <laughs> so, Don, you would get up before your working day and go all the way, drop her off, and drive all the way back. I know sometimes you had, like, she had her own taxi service, too, right? For a minute, uh, didn't she? Um, or didn't somebody pick her up and bring her home for you a couple times? Up, or She went up to meet you.
3: She had to do that. So there oh. was uh, two weeks prior to that, we had to drop her off at helping pause and then they would train her without us to make sure she could still do all those things Um, and then she would you would come in or and other people would come in that she did not match with but other than that um, we would come home after school and um, have to be back in Hopkins by six o'clock once a week so
0: yeah that's a that is a haul that in itself is such a commitment to make sure she gets there so and I bet you she was exhausted too when she got home at the end of those days, right? And then we had to make sure we didn't feed her breakfast. So when we
3: got, or we would feed her half of her breakfast, and then we got home, she'd be starving, which means clicker training and treating was going to be a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so once in a while, we'd forget, and I'd say, Did you feed her today? And he'd say, Oh, crap, you know? And so. Yeah. Um, Macy, as you know, is very food motivated.
0: She is, she's very food motivated. And in fact, when, when I had a couple trainers come out in Winona to work with me, I can't remember. I think it was when she wouldn't get into the van. They, they reminded me of the same tip. They said, try skipping her breakfast in the morning and just putting it in a Ziploc baggie and making her work for those, those treats. So you know, I haven't had to do that in years with her. She's never been that badly off, but yeah. it's it's a good thing to remember that if you, if anyone listening has a puppy or a dog that just can't really get the drift, try to give them treats as a reinforcement or through their
3: dog food. A find a different treat. We found with Macy, uh, most of the dogs in Macy's litter would train with their own, what they called kibble or food, with their own food. Oh, here, Maggie wants to be a part of the picture here. Here's our Maggie. Oh, she's so cute. So what we did, and I don't even remember how we, maybe I think I read it online, that Cheerios. Oh. And we'd get Honey Nut Cheerios, and we looked at the ingredients. Helping Paws said it was okay. We didn't feed it a lot, but we mixed it with summer sausage or whatever, hot dogs, whatever we ended up using that night. But Macy would just love them, and she knew that when I'd put the Cheerios in the bag that it was time to work, and that kind of worked, too. So being patient and finding out what your dog, if your dog is not food-motivated for their own kibble, you just got to find something that they like. Because we change that a lot. So, And it doesn't have to be an expensive treat. You can go find training treats at any pet store or fleet farm. Yes you an arm and a leg if you buy a lot of them.
0: Yeah, they're worth it though. Yeah, I love those training treats. That's what I have right here. They're like little, little tiny balls. They're from, I think, PetSmart and they sell them by the pound, right? By the checkout. Yeah. Oh, yes.
3: Macy.
0: Well, I know this year especially has been crazy. I mean, the last two for me because I moved out here and now I'm not even in Minnesota very much. But I still would love to get over and see you guys with her sometime when I'm in the area. We had actually said last summer we were with all the COVID. I said, let's
3: just get in a car and go somewhere. And both of us at different times had said, maybe we could go to Michigan. And yeah, see-
0: you You're more than welcome if you're ever out here. Seriously, come on out because it is, it's so fun in the summer. You guys are so much to do. They have like the Cherry Festival and their like co op thing that happens on Saturdays is huge. And people come in from all over. They have goat meat and cheese and beeswax, candles, like just everything you could imagine and more. It's just really great. Um, I I will definitely keep you guys in the loop as far as when I come back there. It's ridiculous that I've had her for how many years now? Did we say eight? Well, six years because I got her in 2015. So, yeah. Wow. This year is six years. That's crazy. It is. Yeah. So May, right? She'll be nine. Yeah. 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 Time flies. You guys, thank you so much for coming on. It was fun to reminisce. It's so (laughs) nice to see you and you look so happy. I just say you do. Well, thank you. I have a lot to be grateful for. My back pain can be really frustrating sometimes um, and really slow me down, but there's so much to be grateful for and thankful for. And so I'm happy that you still see that joy. Are you seeing somebody out there for that? Mm -hmm. Well, yes. I have a really good physical therapist. She's an aw- awesome, specialist. I miss my surgeon at Mayo Clinic. Like there's no one like him. I'm sure you guys aren't surprised to hear that, but yeah. um, you know, I, the doctors out here just don't know me on a personal level. They don't know what I've been through. And so it's just a little bit harder to get them to understand, but yeah. I'm also really thankful that I went to school for social work. Cause I can advocate for myself a heck of a lot better. I'll bet. I'll bet. Yeah. Well, well thank you guys. This was fun to see you. Yeah, it was fun to see you guys, too. Don, I'll, I'll bug you a little bit more here in the coming days, but if you don't mind sending some pictures, I know I have your scrapbook here, too, so I can get some photos off of that. But if you have any big ones of you and Macy or your family, some favorites, I, send them my I, way. I have the originals from that book, too, and those will probably be better than Yeah, if you don't mind just taking some time over the next two weeks, that would be great. And if you think of anything later on, like I know you've sent me some links for the shampoo that we use and maybe like your doorbell that you use. I could put a couple of those links in there, too, and the gentle leader and the clicker and stuff like that. So maybe we could also put a plug in there for foster
3: homes for. Yes. For helping paws. Helping paws always is looking for families to help train a dog. And it wouldn't. Uh, and they're volunteers, so they don't get anything for it other than the love and the support that, you know, they see when the dog gets placed like you, your dog. But um, I just think that we need more people to know that this is a thing that people can do if they if they like what they hear here and give them a call. They're in Hopkins, Minnesota, and I'm sure you can maybe put the phone number on there, Tess. And yes, I can. Website and stuff, and I think that just giving them a plug would be great.
0: Yeah, absolutely, a 100%. If you would like to learn more about Helping Paws, please visit their website at helpingpaws.org. That's H-E-L-P-I-N-G-P-A-W-S dot org. You can make connections for becoming a foster family for a dog in need of training or apply to get a dog yourself at their website. If you need to call the organization, their phone number is 952-988-9359. Be sure to check out Don and Brian and Macy's episode online at www.pushdiariespodcast.com forward slash episodes forward slash Macy to see all of her photos and the YouTube video I made showing you all how she helps me. Well, thank you, guys. Take care, and Happy New Year, and make sure you wear PPE with your slime creating. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, see you later, Tess. Bye. All right. Thanks, guys. Uh Bye. Lastly, I just wanted to quick share that there were times when Macy and I were first matched, and I first had her at home, There was a lot of adjustment. There was a big period where she and I needed to learn each other's quirks and preferences and communication styles, and it wasn't easy. I want you all to know that if you have a puppy at home or you're planning on getting a dog, please, again, do the research on how to communicate better with your dog. And Like Dawn said, definitely feel comfortable contacting a trainer. It takes a village to not only raise a child, but to raise a puppy too. Again, the book that I referred to in this episode is The Art of Raising a Puppy by the Monks of New Skeet. It's available on Audible and Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Be sure to check out the Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash to become a sustaining member of this show if you've been enjoying the episode so far. I could not do it without all of you. Thank you so much for your support, interest, and encouragement. I'm coming up on one year of doing these podcasts, and I'm so happy to be creating more content for all of you and finding ways in which I can share more of my story, as it is definitely a good example of resilience and overcoming. God bless you each, and have a beautiful weekend. See you next time. Macy, come. Come here. Speak. 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 Good. Good girl. Bye-bye and see you next time for Macy. Oh, and if you want to volunteer or donate to Helping Paws, you can find those links on their website as well. Thanks again. Bye. This has been Push Diaries Podcast. Please visit our website at pushdiariespodcast.com to see our mission and learn more about the guests. This is your podcast too. I want to hear your stories. Email me at pushdiariespodcast at gmail.com and consider supporting the show by going to patreon.com forward slash pushdiariespodcast. Thank you for listening. If you are a sponsor or would like to run a commercial and think that my message and my podcast would be beneficial for your business, please consider contacting me. I would be honored to work with you. We have the ability to put commercials into these episodes. Thank you for your consideration. Take care.